Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Rural Psychologist podcast. You're listening to Chantal Korish. I've been a psychologist in rural Australia for nearly two decades. I am a farmer's wife, a mother of three, and a longtime advocate for good mental health and well-being among the people and communities of rural, regional, and remote Australia. Unlike the previous two episodes I've recorded, this episode isn't a coaching episode, but don't worry, that's going to be out shortly. In the meantime, I'm publishing this talk I gave at a rural women's luncheon recently. I often speak at rural events advocating for good mental health in rural Australia, and on this occasion I was invited to speak to an audience of country women, country ladies, at the inaugural Monto Mother's Day luncheon, sponsored by Kelco Real Estate Agency and organised by the dynamic rural lady, farmer, mother, Monto Real Estate Agent, Louisa Bambley. I enjoyed their company so much and was so honoured to be asked to speak with them about my thoughts and ideas on building rural community wellbeing and resilience. Of course, my ideas are simply that, just my own, from my own experiences having grown up in rural Australia and from working as a psychologist for almost two decades in a rural community. I'm always happy to take feedback and hear people's points of view on what I'm speaking about. If you agree with it or don't agree with it, always you know, love to hear what you might have to say about that. So don't be afraid to text or email or um, message me on my Instagram. Always glad to take some feedback and critiquing. Um, So for those of you who are interested in in hearing what I speak about at some of these events, this is one particular occasion and I chose it because I thought it might be a good motivating episode for raw women. Okay, so here goes. This is the speech I gave for the Monto Mother's Day luncheon. Society, media, and even our own friends and family hold an idea of we rural women as playing a great many important roles, like housewives, mothers, and carers. Images on social media and in magazines remind us that we are the grocery shoppers, the household cleaners, the cooks, and providers of nutritious meals. We are the makeshift, and some of us are the real deal, doctors and nurses and the ones who get up in the night to watch over sick children. We are most often the ones who monitor the mental health of the men in our lives because they are not particularly good at acknowledging when things are not going well for them. We are the ones holding the fort and the morale when our husbands and partners are out bringing home the bacon. We are the proxy teachers ensuring that our little ones learn and meet society's expectations of a civilised human being. And through all of those roles, we are the household guardians of our family's health and well-being. We are the spare kelpie in the cattle yards and the last-minute rouseabout in the sheep shed. We are the gardeners providing beauty to our homes and community landscapes. We are very often the artists, the musicians and the town custodians of the arts and culture in rural Australia. As women in rural Australia, these are the roles we are most often labelled with and hear told about us in stories, in the media or at family and community gatherings. What we don't often hear is, thank you, you've done a good job, or I really appreciated what you did. Our work is often thankless. It is often unrecognised, it's invisible, and it can be lonely. The result of all that is that we can forget that what we do actually really matters. That we actually really matter. And more than that, without us, the world around us would simply cease to go around. 
and that we have an amazing array of talents, skills, experiences from those roles that we play that can be put to good use in many other facets of life. But the reason I'm up here today isn't to demand a thank you from the world or to ask for more recognition for what we do. Most of us know in our hearts that this is not why we do these things and play these roles. And thanks and recognition isn't what we're looking for. Or maybe a little thank you every now and again wouldn't go astray. What I'm asking for is that you, me, all women who live in rural Australia, whether we are farming or not, whether we are mothers or not, realise that we also play three other very important roles in our communities. And that if we own up to them, embrace them even more than we do now, if we embody them, we can guarantee a future for our families and our communities and even our country that is so much more positive and thriving than we could ever imagine. What I want for all rural women is that we get labelled with three things in addition to the roles we already play. I want us, as well as the rest of the world, to also remember to label us as leaders, connectors and innovators. Our leadership, our drive to connect and realising and implementing our ability to innovate is incredibly important to the fabric and success of our communities, our homes and our families. If we women forget to lead and we lose confidence in our ability to innovate and to connect, our communities and our families will fail to thrive. In the words of the lovely Louisa Bambling when she rang to ask if I would speak today, she said to me, I think we need reminding that rural, regional and remote Australian communities are only as strong as the women who live here. And she was right. Sure, we country women are the nurturers and the proxy and real doctors, nurses, teachers and gardeners, but we're also the leaders, the connectors. And as research shows, the potential innovators, the entrepreneurs that can lift up a community and breathe life into it. And as Louisa says, sometimes we just need reminding of that fact. And sometimes we also need reminding to pause and reflect on what we are in fact doing to step into those roles, those three roles in particular. And that's what I'm here today to do, to remind you to step into those roles that you are naturally good at and that you already have the skills and talents for, but which you may not be embracing or that you may be avoiding because you don't believe that you have those skills and powers. Well, perhaps you have failed once or twice and learned that failing is emotionally painful and you don't want to try it again. Perhaps you have forgotten how to be optimistic. Right now, we have in our communities mental health and wellbeing epidemics that are wreaking havoc among our young people, our men, you, our women, and even our elderly. In each section of our communities, we can identify problems and issues that if we step into our natural role of leaders, connectors and innovators, we could very well solve or at least alleviate. Problems such as anxiety and depression is on the rise among young people with almost 40% of young Australians between 16 and 24 years of age, indicating that they have experienced a mental health issue in the past 12 months. And the rate of self-harming in young women is increasing at an alarming rate with 25% of young women between the ages of 16 and 34 indicating they have engaged in self-harming 
over their lifetime. And that is not including the number who are experiencing eating disorders or substance abuse. Loneliness is an epidemic worldwide, and in Australia it is affecting one in four people. And this number is increasing. Thanks to a huge increase in public education around depression and anxiety, most people understand the implications of those illnesses for your health. But many people don't realise the implications of loneliness and social isolation for your health. In fact, loneliness and isolation impacts on our longevity, with it being likened to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It reduces immunity and it increases insomnia. It increases anxiety and depression. And it impacts negatively on our productivity. It creates a 32% increase in likelihood of stroke and heart disease. And it lowers our resilience and levels of self-worth and confidence. And it creates a belief in us that those around us don't care. And this leads to further self-isolation. And notably, being new to a community increases the chance of a person experiencing loneliness as they have left the social network of their old communities and are trying to build a new one. So new families, but even more so new single people to your community, are particularly vulnerable to the effects of loneliness and isolation. And the statistic shows that suicide among rural males is at an all-time high. Many young Indigenous people are lost and acting out in ways that are hurting them and their communities. And then, of course, there's us, women, mothers, rural mothers. We're experiencing more anxiety and depression than ever before, and at double the rate of men. In summary, if you're untouched by mental health issue, either because you are not experiencing it yourself or you don't have a loved one experiencing it, then you're one of the lucky ones. And if you are experiencing a mental health issue, or you know somebody who is, the best thing you can do for yourselves is step into the roles that I've mentioned. Leaders, connectors, and innovators. And this is why. The research shows that the best ways to experience joy and build our confidence, self-belief, and well-being is through a couple of things. Firstly, and these are in no particular order, through kindness and helping others. The human brain is wired to help others, and when we do, we receive kicks of feel-good hormones that lift us up and make us feel great. Helping others has been strongly linked in the psychological research to lift the helper's depression, boost self-esteem, and prolong life. Secondly, connection and creating ways to connect with others. We are communal creatures. As I mentioned, and when we can't connect, we get depressed and we reduce our longevity. The feeling of loneliness is the brain's warning system. The same as the feeling of thirst is to needing water and the same as hunger is to needing food. The feeling of loneliness is our brain's way of telling us that we haven't had enough connection and we need to connect. Number three, leading. Taking a leadership role gives your brain the feedback it needs to know that you are competent that you are capable, that you are a free agent who's able to overcome the fears of failure and rejection. The two big fears that lead us to feelings of anxiety and that lead us to reinforce feelings of pessimism as opposed to optimism. When I talk about leadership, I don't just mean the very important roles of running for local mayor or becoming the manager at your place of work. I mean stepping up into the volunteer roles that make our communities flourish and leading yourself in your daily roles, which although they may be invisible, the results of which 
when you don't do them well, are extremely visible in the behaviour of people around you. Leading yourself also includes making sure that you cultivate personal optimism, that you set very intentional goals and identify strengths and play to those strengths, and also that you identify when you need rest and you rest when you need to. I once read this coaching tale. I can't remember where, but I will acknowledge it is not my original thought. So sorry to whomever the author is and thank you for letting me borrow it for a good cause. I want you all to imagine a cheetah. Picture its life form racing across the plains of Africa after its prey. It engages its athleticism, its God-given talent to run faster than any other creature on the planet. Cheetahs are born with this potential and if they reach adulthood, they utilize this potential to not just live, but thrive. Now imagine if that cheetah didn't even bother to use its potential. If it didn't believe in itself enough to go after its delicious prey. As all beings who don't believe in themselves do, the cheetah will grow to become apathetic to the point where it doesn't bother anymore, where it doesn't set the goal of attaining the prey. It just hides in the bushes and only goes to nibble on the leftovers and the bits and bobs it can find within reach. What a shame! What a shame that beautiful creature with all of its racing potential and all of its hunting potential does not believe in itself enough to go after its prey. A shame to miss out on feeling full, on feeling completely nurtured and strong and capable and powerful. Today I want to ask you, which cheetah are you? The one that believes in itself and its potential or the one that doesn't? Pause and notice whether or not you are stepping up into the role of leader, connector, innovator in your rural communities. And if you are not, ask yourself, why not? Is it because you believe you're not the one who's supposed to succeed? Is it somebody else's lot in life? Is it because you think you shouldn't be the one to lead or to innovate or to connect? Because you think it's someone else's job to overcome the barrier of fear? The emotional pain barrier that looks like a voice in your head that says, what if I fail? What if? What if she doesn't want to be my friend when I reach out to her? What if I make a fool of myself? What if I step outside of my comfort zone and I fall a long way? What if I get judged if I reach out and try to connect? What if I get judged if I try something new? What if I'm not good enough? What if I lose? What if I can't turn back? What if they take advantage of me? I think they're all questions that so many people ask themselves and are a result of self-doubt. They are the result of listening to a lifetime of being told to stay in your place, to be quiet, to not rock the boat, that you're not good enough, to only fulfil the roles that you as a country lady, a country mum, should fill. And from failing and feeling the emotional pain of failure or judgment and not wanting to feel it again. Self-doubt makes you anxious and worried and prevents you from setting intentional goals and trying to achieve them. Just like the little cheetah that doesn't embrace its potential, you get to choose to be kind to others. You get to choose to see yourself as a powerful being with loads of untapped potential. You get to choose your goals to set your intentions and decide how you want your life, your family and your community to look tomorrow and next year and the year after that. You can choose optimism. You can change your thinking habits to choose to see the good and positive in the future and help others to see it too. I think we need to take the opportunity of coming together today to pledge to go back to our families and our communities and make a change. 
a change that will benefit our communities for sure, but a change that will also benefit us. It may well reduce our anxiety and depression. It, it may alleviate loneliness. And it just might role model to our young people that they are powerful and loved and the future is bright. From today, I want you to promise to tap into your power. I want you to go away from here today with an intention to find out what it is you are going to do with that power and that potential. Even if it's only one small thing. So ladies, the question is, are you living small? Are you trying to be invisible like you don't count? Well, I'm here to tell you you do count. So let's get you engaged. Set your intention. What does the future look like for you? How does your life and your community look five or ten years from now? And how are you going to embrace the roles of leader, innovator and connector? I'll leave it with you. Hello and welcome to the Rural Psychologist podcast. On this podcast, you'll hear from me, Chantal Korish, the Rural Psychologist, about all things mental health and well-being in rural, regional and remote Australia. Each episode, I aim to make either a therapeutic listening experience for you, where you can sit back on your comfiest couch with me in your ears, or go for a walk, as I like to do, do the housework or fix the tractor tyre, and enjoy a coaching session to take care of your mental health and well-being. Or, listen as I chat about one of the hundreds of interesting books I've read from psychology experts or people in the field of mental health that I think had some really useful mental health and well-being tips and tricks. On every couple of episodes, I'll interview a guest who's either a lived experience expert or a professional in the mental health space and who's keeping abreast of the cutting-edge psychology research. Also, look out for the Nuts and Bolts Toolbox Talks for Rural Workplaces episodes, which will provide tips and tricks for employers and employees on how to build and maintain positive working relationships. Also, how to stay motivated and focused at work, reduce stress and not burn out, and all sorts of other topics to make sure going to work is a pleasant and rewarding experience in rural workplaces. If you have any suggestions or you would like me to answer a burning mental health and wellbeing query you may have, or you think you might make a great podcast guest, or even if you would like to sponsor the podcast, please get in touch with me via my email, chantal at corishfarms.com.au, or my Instagram, which is the handle at the rural psychologist, all one word, no underscores. I would love to hear from you. Thank you for taking the time to hear what this podcast has to offer, and I look forward to you joining me on an interesting, rewarding, and even therapeutic listening journey over the months and years to come. See you in your ears soon. <laughs>